Hey there, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gormy, at Gormy underscore goes underscore keto on Instagram. Glad to have you here with us. Today, I'm talking with a guy that I've known for a while on the gram. His handle is Poro92, but you also may know him as Poro or Alex, or the guy that likes to dance to Imagine Dragons sometimes at work. <laughs> uh, he's also... He's also always hungry, and we'll get into that later. But this is one of my favorite fat guys who's out there, or former fat guys, I guess is best to say this about him, too. And we're going to get to know him tonight. Alex, how you doing? Pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing good, man. I'm glad to have you here. Glad we're going to get to, you know, we've talked before, but I'm glad we're going to get to dive into uh, your story a little bit, get to introduce you to everyone listening. And um, so really... It, I think this is the way everything starts, but, you know, this is the Fat Guy Forum. We're sharing the stories of, of fat guys. So why don't you, you tell us about what it was like for you growing up and, and, and when, it all, when it all started for you, man. All right, let's, let's talk about it. So um, I've always been relatively overweight or, as I used to like to say, plump. Mm. Um, I just came from a... Big bone family, if you would. Uh, but no, genetics Genetics have a lot to do with it, but I don't like to use it as an excuse. And just growing up, I I was wearing men's size clothes probably late elementary school, third, fourth grade. Sure. I, I remember, you know, you had to wear the uniforms for school and we would have to go to the place where, you know, my mom was getting her work uniforms for the hospital and had to get mm -hmm. size clothing and uh food was food was always a problem food is you know still still there it still lingers i know we talk about this a lot oh yeah um, control 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 but um it was just growing up making terrible decisions and not thinking about the consequences and uh so yeah i mean the weight was always there weight was always a problem and uh I think I finally hit 300 when I was about 15 years old and then it just mm. escalated from there. Right, right. Yeah. Where did you end up weight-wise? What was your heaviest and how old was that? Um, so obviously as you know and you know I document my highest recorded weight that set me over the edge was 480. But, um, mm -hmm. there was, I, I've got a couple pictures. Um, I had a wedding a couple months before the date that I started my journey and I was even larger. So I want to say I was definitely 500 for sure. I mean, that picture at that wedding, that, that it's also something that it's, it's bittersweet to look back at. It's like, man, um, uh, I was a, rather large human being uh mm -hmm. I, didn't, I, I didn't have a suit jacket because you know going to any function going to let's say a funeral going to a wedding going to a banquet suits are uncomfortable when you're ginormous oh uh, yeah that was a 7xl vest i couldn't tell you the size of the the button down because i mean i had a gigantic neck it just i was just big everywhere so i want to say i was mm -hmm. over 500 so it was April 29th, 2017, when I stepped on the pallet scale. 
and I saw 480 pounds. So that's when mm. it all started. That's when the journey started. Right, right. So you spent, and, and how old were you in, in April of 2017? Um, so that was a little over two years ago. So I was, well, next week is my birthday. I'm going to be 27. So I was 24 years old at that time. Well, there you go. Well, happy birthday next week. If Yeah, I'm sure I'll talk to you before. I'm sure I will talk to you before then. But seriously, anyone who's out there listening who isn't familiar with Alex's Instagram account, Poro92, go check it out. You can see these pictures that he's talking about, like you, the dramatic transformation he's made. But like you said, you know, you were uh, 24 years old. You were 480 pounds at 24 years old. That That's that's kind of amazing, man. What was what was life like at, at, at 500 pounds? What was life like for you then? Um, one word, limited. Everything mm. was limited. Um, going to restaurants, going to, I, I can't tell you how many times. I'm a big sports guy. And uh, sure. Miami, Miami sports, I believe for them, were terrible. Thank you with your New England Patriots. Mm. And we go back and forth with this. Yeah, um, I was going to try to stay away from that for you. <laughs> but uh, so kind of diving off. The, uh, you know, off topic a little bit, but there was a pretty famous baseball player that we had, uh, Jose Fernandez. He mm-hmm. passed a couple of years ago. And one thing that I regret so much was he was one of the top athletes. And I got invited to multiple games that he was pitching. And I would always turn him down because mm-hmm. being that large, uh, you know better than anybody. Just your knees are hanging over into the person in front of you. Your love handles are bulging over next to the people sitting next to you. It's just a very mm-hmm. uncomfortable situation. So something that you love so passionately that you're limited to is just it's terrible, and it, it eats at, it eats at you. You're eating away, oh, yeah. and it just eats at you because life is limited. Putting your socks on, clipping your toenails, uh, just anything, tying your shoes being out of breath, going to the front door, everything was a struggle. And and you were also married young, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to be, next year is going to be 10 years with my wife and uh, five years married. So I'm a pretty that's young, awesome. but, you know, high school sweetheart. That's awesome. There you go, man. But uh, that's really cool. And uh, one, I think it's great that you guys have, have a loving relationship that's lasted. Uh, but also... She, when, when, when she met you, you weren't 480 pounds. No, no. And I think that was just the genuine love that she had for me. And she knew I was, you know, when we started dating, I, so freshman year football, I I played freshman football. Um, I was big then. Um, I think I was around 280, 300 and Mm -hmm. I made the team just for sheer size. I wasn't very talented. Um, I was wearing glasses at the time. Contacts weren't really that hip. So I was wearing, I would play blind and we would just use my size. Like, Hey, Poro, you put your hand down on the ground, get into a square position and just take on two guys. Like you're just there to take up bodies. Right. Right. um, I think it was after freshman year when I became academically uneligible. I just started to slip off. Uh, Activity went down. Um, That's, you know, when we started dating at the end of sophomore year. And she loved me for who I was. And, you know, just got comfortable. 
and food was always there. Food was always mm. my friend. Food didn't judge me. Um, and I just continued to continue and continue to get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's wild, man. And, and food, speaking of food, that's something you and I talk about a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, we, we have, we had our dark days. <laughs> oh, we, yeah. You know. And, and we don't. And and it's funny because for those of you out there who are listening, I I know I have a lot of people listening that are that are keto dieters. Alex is is not keto. Um, <laughs> he's he, he we'll, we'll we'll get to kind of what what you do for your diet because I I do mm-hmm. want to talk. I have some specific questions for you about that. But okay. um, he's if if you do follow him, you know that he pretty much eats the same things every day now. <laughs> but when when you were you when you were you know jumbo when you were double stuffed as as you and I might say. Um, oh, yeah. What what was what was your eating like then? What were you eating? What was a day like for you? Oh baby, my favorite Oreos. Um, mm. let's, let's talk about Oreos. Um, oh yeah, let's talk about Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. Just all and all the original stuff, like back when it was like real sugar. I mean, what was a Saturday morning where you weren't watching cartoons and stuff in your face? Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, man. So it was just always. Terrible choices. Um, growing up, my parents weren't the type to say no. So whenever I wanted Taco Bell, a Burger King, or Arby's, anything that you know got what we wanted, and uh, our pantry was always stacked with all the things from goldfish to cheeses to pop tarts, uh, little debbies, and it's just it was just a downward or upward spiral with mm. my weight. But, um, just, yeah, I mean, I didn't know what eating healthy was. Um, if it wasn't fried, smothered or covered, you know, I wasn't interested. For sure. For sure, man. And it, it sounds like for you, I mean, like you, we share, we share a passionate love for food, mm-hmm. but it sounds like, you know, in, on some levels, there's some differences, like. It it doesn't. W- would you say that you were ever a sneak eater? But or does it sound like more you were just eating what you wanted when you wanted where you wanted? Oh no, for sure. I I definitely had some things uh, hidden in my in my room that uh, Mama didn't know about. You know, I used to okay. have like you uh, have a thing for nut butters. Uh, mm-hmm. This butter that happens to start with a uh, alphabet um, letter. Uh, I can't control myself with, uh, oh, yeah. one jar, you know, what is a serving size? Two tablespoons. I mean, who's really yeah, yeah. two tablespoons, but growing up, I used to have, uh, jars of peanut butter hidden in drawers. Um, and oddly, some people are going to think it's disgusting. Some people just like sharp stuff. I was addicted to crumbled blue cheese. Like I mm-hmm. would eat crumbled blue cheese straight out of the carton, peanut butter. Um, uh, like I said, Oreos. I had a mini fridge that was always stocked with Mountain Dew. Um, mm. So yeah, for sure, uh, there was always food was always there. And that's and that's really the fat kid dream, isn't it? Having that mini fridge in your room. Oh, my room got. I used to have to have. I had a fan in there too. I had the fan obviously on the ceiling, and I had another fan because it would get hot. And I there was zero activity during the summer. I was up mm. playing. Halo or Call of Duty till four in the morning, and that oh, mini wow. fridge just the TV, the Xbox, that mini fridge, the room got hot. Especially being three hundred plus pounds, I mean, oh yeah, y- yeah, it was it was interesting. Oh, I'm sure, man. I'm sure. 
So something I don't think you and I have ever really talked about was when you were that big, were you in the same job you're in now or were you doing something different? Um, so my first job was I was a under the table. Um, I was doing a Chinese takeout delivery. Um, mm-hmm. think, you know, most, most people, a lot of people start, you know, doing takeout and that's how right, I started. Right. And I don't really have that much of a job history. I, from there, I went to Publix, which is our uh, grocery store down, down south. Oh, and, for sure. uh, you know, I went from bagging. Oh, and we, I mean, we can go into depth because one of the things that almost didn't get me the job at Publix was I told them I can't work. The dress, the dress uh, code is formal pants and the collared shirt. Right. They had to make an exemption and I was a bagger. I was a bag boy. So I, I was wearing Jordan shorts. I was 14 or 15 years old and I was wearing 4X, 5X Jordan shorts mm. while everybody else was wearing a uniform. And then right, from right. there, they, I don't know how they gave me this promotion, but they put me, this gigantic person, in charge of the ice cream. I was the fro- <laughs> I was the frozen food and dairy guy. So did they know what they were doing? Was was I, this, I'm not sure. Was someone trying to kill you? Is that what was happening? I put on a lot of weight working at Publix, and oh, I I'm would sure, also, man. I'm sure. And I was also I I always helped the uh, little old lady in the deli. Um, it's gonna sound bad for Publix's case, but they would throw they would have to throw out all the uh, fried chicken tenders, mac and cheese, and so forth from the hot case at the end of the night because they couldn't. Yep. They couldn't give it away because you know somebody gets sick, and right, they would right. have me again. This oh, so I'm not just gonna throw away some delicious chicken tenders, mac and cheese. I'm gonna scarf some right. of it down. Um, say so I went from Chinese takeout to working at Publix, and now I uh, I've been working at this uh, uh work for a lighting showroom, and again yep. I'm a delivery guy. I just life on the road. Um, I think it's a little easier. Um, it's definitely a mind thing, you know, if, if you have your meals prepped and you have a nice, you know, meal bag to keep it warm, but it could also be slippery slope because I'm driving and every corner there's a Krispy Kreme, there's a Taco Bell, mm. but, you know, the demons are there. Oh, for sure, man. It's, it's, it's funny you talk about, you know, gaining weight at your, you know, kind of being put in charge of things that can end up leading to gain weight at your jobs. Um. One of my first jobs was working with food as well. It was at a restaurant. I was a dishwasher. And I, for some reason, I was very good at washing dishes. So this was a busy restaurant that would get crazy on a Saturday night. But alone, I could keep up with the dishes. So I used to get put on, like, work because we were busy for Saturday breakfast and then did Saturday dinner. And I'd work all day Saturday. And the guys that cooked, every time they screwed up, they would give me the food. Oh, slippery. Oh, man. Oh, Yeah. yeah. So talk about a slope. I think I went from like 220 to 350 working there, like without even like, I remember having to buy when I'd have to go buy, you know, bigger clothes and bigger clothes and bigger clothes and be like, okay, because we had to wear like, especially I eventually became like a deli sandwich guy. And we mm-hmm. had to wear a certain uniform, we had to wear khakis and a, and we had to wear, you'll love this, we had to wear a pink polo. Oh, and now imagine being 16, 350. And trying to find a pink polo that fits, like oh yeah, th- yeah, like there wasn't on um, there wasn't online ordering at that point, so it yeah. was like literally. I remember taking like an entire day. I think I took almost a whole day off school just to drive around and find 
two pink polos. And I think I found the last two in the big and tall section at this random department store, like 45 minutes away. And I had no, you know, clearly you have no other choice. And I'm like, I don't even know if these really fit in with the, the pink we're supposed to be getting, but they're pink. So I'll get yeah, the, I mean, I'll get the, I'll get the polos. You do what you can. Like you try to, you try to make it work, but like you're saying, you just, there's, you limit, just, yeah. there's limitations. So yeah. And let's not That's skip great. the fact that you were probably very good at the dishwasher position because if you weren't washing it with a scrubber, you were definitely washing it down with your mouth. Oh, I was, so. you know, I, there was always, I mean, there was like, let's be, let's be realistic. You know, when you're 14 and 15 and a plate comes to you and it's half full of French fries. Like what are the, yeah, do what you, are these people thinking? Do you think, are you, are you thinking, well, there's probably some kind of foodborne illness on these French fries. No, you're thinking, well, let let me take a handful of these. Let me do this. Let me take that. Oh, you screwed that burger up. Let me take that. Oh, you screwed that steak up. Let me take that. Like it was the other thing, (laughs) the other, the other thing that was fun was my walk home at night because I was only like three blocks from the restaurant, like my home. And, but halfway in between the restaurant and my home was a diner that opened at midnight. So I would Mm -hmm. finish dishwashing at the restaurant and hit this diner on the way home and pick up food. And like sneak into my house. Yeah. Yeah. And the big, a big thing in Rhode Island that you probably won't know is these things called New York system hot wieners. They're these tiny hot dogs with meat sauce on them. And why they're called New York system. I don't think there's legends, but I don't think anyone really knows because they're not a New York style hot dog. Um, but you could get them then for like a buck. So I could go in and drop like 10 bucks and get eight wieners and a, and a large fry. And eat that walking home, have a couple left when I get home. And they stink. Like they reeked. Like you had a strong meat hot dog smell. And I'm like literally sitting in the living room of our apartment, my family asleep, me shoving hot dogs in and trying to hide the greasy papers so I could take care of them the next day. You know, wild stuff, man. Wild stuff. Um, so we, we started to talk about this already, but you hit that point in April of 2017. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, you were making a delivery and you got to step on a freight scale. Yeah. Um, so just, you know, scaling a couple of years, uh, you know, before that, just after graduating high school, uh, like I said, working at Publix, putting on weight, putting on weight, um, every year for my yearly physicals, the scale only went to 350. That's just mm. your standard doctor scale. So. Right, right. It, it was it was just a guessing game, um, and I'm surprised. I don't know if I need a better doctor, uh, but that uh, he didn't want to like take it to the next level and be like, "All right, well, right. we need to do a specialist." But I was relatively I I never had diabetes. Uh, my blood pressure was high, obviously because of the weight, but it wasn't high blood pressure. Like I didn't need medication. Mm. Um, God willing, I was just always generally healthy, besides being um, obese. And uh, so it was always a guessing game. Scale wouldn't go up that far. And um, yeah, one day I had a delivery um, to a warehouse and just out of curiosity, stepped on a pellet scale and saw the big 480. And that just like, that was rock bottom. Just like, I I was kind of, I was, I was disgusted in myself just because Mm. you know you're big, you know you have a problem, but you don't see it as a problem until you see like, Wow, I am uh, almost five hundred pounds. And, and, and let, let's let's dig into this. Like, what what did you think you weighed at that point? 
I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but no, no, no. I, I, know, um, I know you've you've told this story before, but I I feel like every time I've heard you tell it, I want to stop. I want to stop the telling and say, what did you really think you weighed at that point? Like, what was going through your head? Uh, did you know you were? Was it something you just weren't ready to face, but you knew it was there, or did you think I must be somewhere in the three fifty four hundred range? Yeah, to an extent. Like, I knew I was. I knew I was in the four hundreds put it that mm-hmm. way, but I didn't have any like red flags. Um, okay. Besides uh, the obvious, you know, uh, having, having my wife clip my toenails every, right. every week, whatever, put my socks on just, you know, the daily struggles of, uh, being a fat man. Um, but, uh, never did I think that I was that big. Right. Um, I mean, obviously if you, if you go into I know if you go into your closet and I go into my closet right now and pick out some uh some uh clothes that look like bed sheets to us now mm-hmm. it's it's all relatable it's understandable like okay yeah now I see why the scale said that like this is a lot of fabric oh yeah that's and and that's something like I I was listening to you the other day on another podcast and you were talking about your wife clipping your toenails in your 20s yeah i mean it's embarrassing like <laughs> I mean, even at like an old age, you know, mm-hmm. say say a married couple in their forties, whatever, you're you're forty, you should still be able to cl- clip your toenails unless obviously you again you're obese, but I was just right. twenty years old and I'm having her do all these things and it's looking back it's embarrassing and I'm grateful, like why the hell and why do you why the hell was she with me? And and which is, you know, fan like big props to your wife, like really I I've seen pictures of of those feet. Like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't <laughs> want to get anywhere. I don't want to get anywhere near near them, Fred Flintstone. But what do you think? Because this is something I've talked about with a couple people. Like we we have these things happen in our lives that if if another person saw it happening, they would scream for us to stop. Yeah. So you're twenty you're twenty years old, and your wife is clipping your toenails. Yeah. Why doesn't that Why doesn't that make a change happen for you? I. Honestly, it was just, I just gradually got bigger and I never, it wasn't like, I know you had the, what was it? A six month where you gained 270, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So it was just gradual for me. Um, I just mm. kept getting bigger. So it wasn't like a big shock. Like, wow. Oh my God. Right. What did you do over this three months you put on this weight? No, it was just kept going and, you know, just slowly started to ache and ache to the point that I couldn't bend over and do these things. So, mm. and she didn't see it as a problem. She was like, okay, yeah, no problem, you know, whatever. So, and like I said, my, my, my parents, they would, they wouldn't enable it, but the food was always available. Um, the only thing, the only person in my family who would address the elephant literally in the room mm-hmm. was, um, my abuela. And she's, she's just one of those old slick Cuban grandmas and she would tell it as it is. Every time, oh, I said gordo. And I was like, yeah, mm. thank, thank you. Um, but you know, just old ladies, old ladies and oh, old yeah. kids, they, they keep it real. They'll tell you straight up how, you know, anything like, uh, why are you doing that? Right. And it's like, I know. Okay. I know. I know. I know. But you know, and I just ignored the fact it just kept getting bigger. And I think it's, it's, it's another example. Like it's a great example of how our brains adapt to make things normal. Yeah. Like it, it becomes your normal. Having your wife clip your toenails becomes your normal. When I was using 
you know, I when I was using spoons wrapped in toilet paper to wipe my ass, that was my normal. Yeah. yeah. Like it's other people here that like I get I get messages about some of these things that I share and I, I think about it. Like I even I know I've got I, I've started to let different members of my family know that I'm doing this podcast. And mm, it's just so they it's, don't hear it's, it's like, uh, okay. Well, and then it's a big, that. like, you, yeah, like it's, it's, I, it's, I don't, I don't worry about it being a TMI thing to them, but more of a like, why didn't we know this was happening? And how are you dealing with this? And why weren't you telling us? And why wasn't, you know, all of those questions, I think that people, you know, the guilt that people feel when they realize that they, they could have, that they, they, they possibly could have helped if you asked them to help. Obviously they would have if I had asked, but I didn't. But, I think it's incredible the things that we normalize, especially yeah. as really, as really, really, really big people. Like you said, your world gets smaller. And that's really because we, we slowly just pull away from the things that make us, you know, cause too much pain or too mm. much discomfort. Or like you said, sporting events, you know, I can think of so many times that I turned down going to different places. And when I finally agreed to go to a Patriots game, I broke two seats in the stadium. Yeah. So yeah. you get you you literally think I I don't belong here I don't fit here and then find and everybody, out yeah, that everybody's you don't belong you. there you don't fit there like it's literally happening like what you thought was going to happen is literally happening and it's amazing how we just create this level of normal and until something shakes it to its core and whether that's facing a number like you face a number on the scale you know mm -hmm. I face the fact that I knew I was killing myself that I wanted and I realized I wanted to live like I I think we all come to different points. And I think that's also really fascinating to me is how not everyone is set off by the same thing. Like, I think some of the things that you dealt with might have turned, might have been a trigger for someone else to, to make a change. But then there's also things that triggered you, like seeing, like when I saw 480, that didn't, mm -hmm. that didn't even make me blink. Like yeah. I saw, four, I saw 480 and I literally thought, Okay. You know, five, 500 is really close. So what, you know, there yeah. aren't, there aren't that, there aren't that many that are 500 pounds. So if that happens, I mean, I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. I you mean, know, unfortunately like it's, it's a little too late for us, but I know TLC used to have a show. What was it? Little people, big world. Uh, oh, yeah. we, had, we could have had a show, little world, big people. I think. That oh yeah. Be great. Obviously they have my 600 pound life, but we just going based off of the people they have on that show. We were just so comfortable with it that we weren't seeking mm. medical help or anything. We were just like, oh, oh yeah. Again, just living our life, doing the, the things that we limited. Like, I'm sure you had the same problem. And this, I don't think it's TMI, but let's talk about using the bathroom. Um, oh, yeah. Using, no, I, I, I've, talked about, I've talked about it before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like you said, using a spoon. How about every time you have to pass a bowel movement? you have to urinate standing before you sit down because there's just not enough. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just all the places that I've lived, but the toilet seats were just never big enough to sit down and, you know, have your, uh, your man parts in the bowl, you know, it's just mm -hmm. seats. Yeah. So it's one size fits most, but we weren't part of that most. Well, and I mean, and that's, that's really it. Like we think about like those, like you talk, you, you talk about having to take a piss standing up before you sat down to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Me, I, the way my body was disfigured by fat, I couldn't mm -hmm. piss standing up. It wasn't yeah. physically possible for me to do it without creating a giant mess everywhere. Yeah. So I would, I would have to sit down, angle myself so I could piss in the toilet. Yeah. And then ang angle myself to go and pray to God 
that you don't get hit with that need to piss right as you're taking a dump. Yeah. Cause then it's like, Oh God, what it's like, I'm in the, I'm in the wrong tunnel right now. Where do I go? What do I do? What's going? But those are the things like I, I, there are more, there are more people listening to us right now who are hearing that and saying that that's what they're dealing with. Yeah. It's and relatable. We, and we, and, and we don't talk about it. We don't talk about the way that we eat ourselves out of the world. Like one of the things, like, I mean, I, I think it's incredible that your, your relationship with your wife lasted. Cause I think about the impact that my weight had on my ability to function in those areas. Like, yeah. It becomes something where that addiction to food for some people can be so strong or whether, and there are some, there are going to be some people, you know, there are people on my 600 pound life who say they're not food addicts. One, personally, I don't believe that you're 600 pounds without some kind of food issue yeah, in your life. Accept it. You just need that to you're, accept it. You are, you are. But even someone who's 350, 400 pounds, even if it's not necessarily a food issue or addiction per se, there's something going on, whether it's a severe depression affecting your ability to, you know, function in the world or just an addiction to that laziness. You know, I think we, we all get comfort and get a, can get a high from different things. It's, it's incredible what the brain can do and how we build that into our, our normal routines. Like even, so what was it like for you at your heaviest trying to get yourself clean? Uh, I, I was always a stinky guy. Because, mm. as you know, you know, it's, it's hard to reach every spot, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, So, probably should have been showering at least two, three times a day. But, mm. again, I, w I was young, and I was just like, all right, I'm just going to shower in the morning or whatever. And just sweat and disgusting throughout the day. And, obviously, you're bigger, so you sweat, and the sweat stays into the little crevices, into the little mm -hmm. rolls, and... I was nobody. Nobody ever wanted to be around me. I was a smelly guy. Um, I showered, did, mm -hmm. was I able to reach every spot to the T. No. Um, oh yeah. Obviously, the food that I was consuming, you know, you'd uh, you'd have to take a take a dump at least four or five, six times a day. And again, wiping. Were you wiping at all? Probably not. I, I never even, you're a genius. I never even thought about the spoon. Mm. So, but you know, just self cleanliness in general. Oh yeah. It's tough. Wild, wild stuff, man. And, but let's something. So I'm, I'm working on my interviewing skills. I still stumble over words every so often, but you clearly at this point have, have changed your life. So you got on that scale, you saw, you saw 480 pounds. And one of the things when, when you talk about how you get into, um, losing weight and picking a, you know, cause one of the things I talk about is finding what works for you food wise and finding out what works for you exercise wise and finding something that you can sustain. Absolutely. But what I've, what I've, what I, what I've always found interesting when you, when you tell your story is you talk about that you didn't, you don't really think that you picked a diet plan. You, mm. you just started doing some things that you knew you should be doing. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's all a lie now. I mean, you're watching, you're growing up and you're watching Arnold and you're watching, uh, Hulk Hogan. They're all saying, you know, eat your spinach, eat your vegetables, eat your vitamins, yada, yada, yada. Um, so I kind of just went based off of that. I'm like, okay, well, what, what is like really clean? Like, okay, chicken and broccoli. Mm -hmm. All right. Low, low in you know, calories, uh, clean. So I was never necessarily keto, mm -hmm. but, I th but I thought carbs were the enemy. So I wasn't having carbs pretty much 
at all. I mean, I was like really low, probably 10, 20 grams a day. Um, but I didn't even know keto was, I didn't know what anything was. Uh, right, right. I was just going off that baseline. Like, okay, star tuna pouches or cans. Um, almonds sound cool. Like, I mean, almonds, plain almonds, uh, God bless. I, I don't think I can go back on that diet because plain oh, almonds, sure. unsalted and just, mm-hmm. just eating that kind of stuff. But you know, you have to make sacrifice. And if, when you don't have that knowledge until, you know, I found people on Instagram that put some of that out there. Um, I was just, I went blind into it. Um, just eating clean and I didn't know what a calorie deficit was, but I just knew I was eating way too damn much. So I just started prepping my meals. I didn't have a food scale. I didn't know how to do any of that. Uh, I knew, uh, I thought salt was like the enemy. So I was using Mrs. Dash. Um, obviously you learn a lot more along the road, but just, just going off of that basic, you know, stuff that generic stuff that's out there. I always knew, you know, my mom tried, um, Herbalife. I don't know why that, that, I couldn't think about it. Herbalife is the biggest one out yeah. there. My my mom tried Herbalife and I was like, no, I'm a man. Like I can't live off of shakes. I'm sorry. I right. Need, right. I need real food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not knocking it. It works for some people. Um, but again, you have to find what works for you. That's just what works for me. <laughs> oh, completely understood. Man. And, and that's the thing. That's when I told you earlier, I had some questions about, you know, kind of how you lost the weight, like your diet, because I think people also think, like one of the points I try to hammer home to people is just start doing something. So yeah. even if you're not a hundred percent sure what you're going to do, start doing something. And you were, you know, you were blind to what to do. Like you didn't have a diet plan in front of you. You didn't have, you didn't have a card telling you what to eat. You didn't have a book telling you what to eat. You weren't watching YouTube videos telling you a specific way of eating. You weren't keto, paleo, you know, if it fits your macros, weight watchers, Jenny Craig. You just mm-hmm. decided to start making changes. And I think that's, that's an admirable part of your story is that you did that without that guideline, without those guidelines. You just started to find what worked for you and you started to work through it. And like, you know, now that you're not going to sit down to a bowl of plain almonds because as we said, there's so yeah, there's, there's nothing, there. there's yeah. really nothing, there's nothing fun there for you. Um, yeah. there's, be- there's better foods that, that still get you the nutrition you need that can taste better. Um, how, but, but starting like that, like, what was your weight loss like? Like how fast did it come off? Like what was, what was the timeline for your weight loss and where, where did you end up? So it's funny. I, in the initial year or so I would take, you know, obviously my weigh-ins at the end of the, at the end of the month and I would take Mm -hmm. a picture. So drastically, um, my first month just going cold turkey and just cutting out which was the biggest problem my diet was liquid calories. Mm-hmm. Um, and then switching my food, I dropped 40 pounds in the first month. That's um, awesome. Man. Yeah. And then, you know, went from like 20 to 10 to 15 and it was falling mm-hmm. off because I, I was pushing my big body to the limit. Um, I still, I had some knowledge as far as the generic weightlifting, like bench press, et cetera, because mm-hmm. of, um, because of football. Right. But I didn't have the execution yet. So I was just walking my my neighborhood. I had a, a goal set to do twenty flights of stairs every night. I know yep. I hit on that. Um and that was just 
something that I had to do every night. And that's still something that I preach every morning on my stories is it doesn't matter what it is, what your physical capability is right now. Just do that one thing that you know you can do mm-hmm. every, every day. It's so, it's, it's so important to start building that regularity. Yeah. You know, just what, and, and obviously we both know you want to start moving your body so that your, your body doesn't waste away when you're, when you're trying to lose weight. Like you want to keep your body moving, keep your muscles moving. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. But when, when I started, you know, my, this next, this last round of dieting for me, which, you know, you and I, we got started around similar times. Like it was February of 2017 for me. Mm-hmm. I, I could, I could walk for five minutes. Yeah. And that's pretty much, all, that's all I could do. So I would literally go to the front. I'd walk down to the front steps of, of my apartment building here. And then I'd stop on the steps and rest after walking down the stairs. Cause of course you had to do that. And uh, then I would see, a te- I would see basically a telephone pole a block away. And I would walk to that telephone pole, rest at the telephone pole and walk back to my apartment. Yeah. And then, I, then I did two telephone poles. Then I did half a block. Yeah. Just then, I went around, then I went around the block and you just. You do it. You, you got to keep it going. You got to, and don't be discouraged because I see way too often people who are 400, 500 pounds going and trying to do like an orange theory fitness class their first day. Yeah. It's just too, and, too aggressive. Yeah. And, and, or, you know, oh, I went on bodybuilding.com and I got the beginners. I downloaded the beginners program and I have 14 weightlifting exercises I'm going to do my first day. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 no. Find where you're at, start there and push yourself. Don't be afraid to push yourself, but don't push yourself because we all know what happens when you're that big and you move, haven't done that kind of exercise and you start doing it. Oh, yeah, you're Cramps, cracking something, pain. you're breaking something. Oh yeah. yeah. Like you're, I, I, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna need more than a rest day in between when you do something like that. So it, it, that idea of consistency, I think is really important. And I think that's also reflected, like you're one of the, you're one of the people I think everyone out there. You have how many is around 16,000 followers right now on Instagram? Yeah, I just hit 16 somewhere else. Sir. Yeah, cuz you you bought you bought an extra 5,000, right? Is that how that <laughs> happened? Yeah, yeah, from China. Yeah, something like that, something like that. Um, but you've got you've got all these people watching and one of the things I think they all see every day is that you are one of the most consistent people on the planet in terms of what you eat, in terms of what you do for your exercise. Uh, you've bumped it up to two a days again now and then it looks like, um, you know, going back for second helpings, as you'd say, but what do you think is important about consistency when it comes to this process? Uh, I mean, consistency in all aspects of life. Like if you're trying to get that promotion at work, showing up to work earlier, being the first one there, having your projects done on time, just anything in school. Consistently, you know, turning your, 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 your work on time, uh, being to class on time. Same, same aspect, but with, with weight loss. Um, so obviously, like you said, I start, I knew my boundaries when I started and that started just walking my neighborhood. Eventually I worked my way up to the neighborhood gym, which was mm-hmm. very limited, very limited, cheap equipment at 400 pounds. I was, on the borderline of breaking some ellipticals. Uh, oh, I'm sure. And then Planet Fitness didn't happen until like eight months to a year in. Mm. And it's not because, I, I, as you've seen, I have my famous beach pictures. I'm surprised that I was never hit up at that time to be on the front cover of like a bikini magazine. 
Oh, of course. Um, I mean, those, I ne- those pictures, yeah. those pictures are, those pictures are epic. Uh, so I, I never really had any shame and that wasn't what was holding me back. I think the fact that growing up, I always had gym memberships, but it was Bama that was paying for it. And it didn't hurt me that I wasn't going. It's like, all right, well, I'm not paying for it. You know, I'd go every other, every other day, you know, just like in high school, just to go shoot hoops. But it was like, it was just the fact like, all right, all right, we're, we're, we're getting there. We're losing weight. I, I got out of the 400s. All right. Um, am I ready to put my paycheck into this? And I was like, all right, let's just do it. Let's do it. And, mm. um, it just turned into a, a no days off type of thing. That was just part of routine, part of just being consistent. And it's funny looking back at it. I kind of had a little bit more diverse diversity in my diet back then. Like I would, I wasn't necessarily a chef like you were, but I was switching things up with dinner. Um, mm. I was like shredded chicken tacos, or I was doing ground turkey lettuce wraps. I was having fun with it. Now, you know, I don't get grief, but, you know, I've had a couple people say that my current diet isn't sustainable. But listen, it, it works for me just having, just going to uh, BJ's and buying my grilled chicken in bulk and just blah, 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 seasoning it, throwing it in the oven, chopping it up putting the rice in the, in the, uh, pressure cooker. It just works for me. And, um, you have to find a diet that you're going to enjoy and that works for you. And you could prep because one, one little slip up. Sometimes that's all it takes for people. Like, Oh, I didn't, oh, yeah. prep, my, I didn't prep my lunch. Let me just go to Pollo Tropical. And you think it's like, all right, yeah, it's the same thing. It's grilled chicken and rice. But uh, you don't know what they're putting on it. Like that, right, piece, right. that piece of chicken, it's not a chicken breast. That's, you know, outer thigh. And like, you know, for some people it doesn't matter. Like for, um, for a keto gentleman like you, you know, it doesn't really matter the cut of chicken because you're not worried so much about the fat, but like for me and for right. somebody who's just going based off of a lean protein cut of chicken and you don't have any knowledge of that. And you try and log that in my fitness pal and you just, you're completely thrown off. So, mm. um, just being prepped as far as food is a big thing for me. And, um, yeah, just consistent. <laughs> so I know we have our little competition. Sometimes you'd like to post that you're going to bed before me, which by the way, I'm right, going right. to bed before you tonight. Oh, um, I believe that. <laughs> I still have meal prep to do tonight. So don't worry. Oh, You'll be, oh, you're, you're slacking. Um, mm. But yeah, you know, it's it's bedtime, 8 30, 9 o'clock. And uh, so before uh, I, I just I just started CrossFit. Right. Six months ago, uh, late. Mm-hmm. It was like the very end of November. And uh, no, I did not do CrossFit because I have a man crush on Obese to Beast. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll 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 allow that we'll allow that into the court record. We won't all believe it, but we'll right. allow it in. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um no, so I started doing CrossFit and that started the whole um four thirty in the morning mm-hmm. thing. Um before it was kind of just like, okay, you know, you're already putting in work, you're going to blend fitness every day. But um it was just a nice switch up. Literally the power of social media, um Scott over at Turbo Fitness just direct messaged me one day and it just so happens to be it's literally five minutes from my house and he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I wanna bring you in. Um, you know, obviously you've done an amazing thing, you've turned around your life. I would like you to bring you in and introduce you to people. 
um, you know, and inspire them. I was like, okay, yeah, no, that's great. And one thing came to another and that's my new home. Like that's my family. And it's, oh, yeah. some, there's something about, you know, the family I've never met you. I've never met uh, John. I never met Joel, but yep. you guys are, you guys are my boys online mm-hmm. and it's just finding a small circle building a family that's not your actual blood family is so important on a journey because you never want to feel like you're at it alone. And um, I'd say one of the toughest things for me is when I got to admit, you know, sometimes I'm I'm bad with the DMs and I'm bad with commenting back on uh, my post because when I'm driving, when I'm working, I'm driving. Right. When I'm not driving, I'm either lifting heavy things or sleeping. But I try right. to stay on top of it. But I think the one thing that bothers me and hurts me the most is when I see a 12-year-old kid direct message me saying that he's almost 300 pounds. He mm-hmm. wants to make a change, but his parents don't see it as a problem. And let's say, okay, he's almost 300 pounds, but everybody else in his family is skinny. So is it a laughing matter? Um, they don't, you know, they don't want to help. They don't want to change the food. They don't want to help them get a gym membership. So there's mm. so much limited conversation that you have with them. It's like, man, you know, I feel for you. And I, I wish like, I don't know about you, but at that age, I didn't care. I didn't see it as a problem. I was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Down, but no wait, just Mount Dew, Taco Bell, whatever, nachos. But when there's actually a kid so young and they know they have a problem and they're looking for help, but their parents don't want to help. That is just one for the ages. Like, how do you answer that DM? Like, sometimes you just, I want to fly out to Chicago and just backhand this kid's dad and be like, yo, can you stop feeding him Taco Bell? He's asking you to take him to Panera to get a salad. Like, he knows he has a problem. Can you help him address it? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's the one thing where social media is so powerful. And I don't like thinking of myself as, you know, quotations a weight loss influencer i'm just a guy who's literally documenting my journey every day and i did something that not a lot of people can do you did something not a lot of people could do not a lot of people have that willpower but when you have those messages and you have people who are seeking you out because they know that they're not gonna get answered by the big pages it just mm-hmm. you feel like a certain obligation like okay this person's life is in my hands so just tough things like that. Oh, and I mean that, and and specifically, like you're talking about when younger people send you messages and need that help and want that help and don't know where to look for resources, and you start to think about, well, I'm not this kid's parent, I'm not this kid's teacher. You know, can I really have an impact on them? Like, is what I say going to help them, or is it going to send them in a the wrong direction? And I think about too, like you know, the health of children. Like, what are we? You know, I say all the time when I'm having discussions with people, like, I'm not a doctor. I'm yeah. not telling you to do anything. Like, if you want to do a certain diet, investigate it, talk with your doctor about it. Mm-hmm. You know, having a 12-year-old, like, if I, I, you know, I've had some teenagers before say, I want to do keto. And I, my, my response is always, I need you to talk to your parents and your doctor about it. Like, I'm not yeah. going to, you know, if you're 18 and you want to do whatever you want to do, you do whatever you want to do. But some someone younger than that should not, especially because I think you hit on the 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 nail on the head. A lot of times, kids in that situation feel powerless, and they see someone succeeding, and they just want to do exactly what that person does. 
Yeah. They just want to do it. And we know that it might not always be the best for them. It, and I'm a no, I know it might not be the best for every adult that reaches out to me. I get that happening a lot too. You know, adults that reach out and say, just tell me exactly what to do. You know, I've never yeah. died. Like I, I, I've lost count of the number of people who say I'm 500 pounds and I've never been on a diet. I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. And that blows my mind that someone gets to that. Like our culture is set up now to get people that big and not ever at any point in their life have someone say, I need to help you stop this. Yeah. I need to do something like, and I, 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 I think I told you, I can't remember if I told you or not. And I, I think I told this on one of the podcasts I recorded this week. Um, I was at Walmart the other day and this was a couple of weeks ago before I went to KetoCon, and I was going to buy some sunscreen and a couple other things because, you know, I'm white as snow when I was going to Texas. So I needed <sighs> to think about, I need to think about protecting myself. Um, but I saw a family of, of all very obese individuals sitting in the, in the Oreos aisle looking at the Oreos. Oh. And the kid, the parents were each in the 350, 400 range, but the kid who was probably 12 was easily 400 pounds. Yeah. Like, you know, large leg rolls at the ankles, mm. hard to move fat. Yeah. And, and immediately, I'm, and when I see an adult, I already, you know, it's funny because, like, I've been that person. I've been that person that people have seen in a store struggling to walk and have thought about whether they should talk to him or not. And I've had people talk to me, and I didn't respond well. I know it didn't yeah. go well. I, I was not nice. I had a very nice woman approach me in a parking lot once, and I read her a riot that I'd never repeat that language again in my life. But I think about, I, I look at that family, and I feel powerless because... I see what's happening to that kid who's 10, 11, or 12. Yeah. And, you can't and as much as, and as much as I remember being 10, 11, and 12 and making food choices, I was making my food choices and I, I'm not blind to that. Yeah. But what sets a kid up to be 400 pounds at that age? Yeah. Something sets that up. It's not all genetics. It's not all choices that kid is making. It's behavior that that family, looking at that family clearly has ingrained and there they were together. Staring at cookies. Yeah. Picking up, picking them out together. And I literally was like, you're dying together. And it overwhelmed me to the point. I went to my car and I recorded stories to talk about it because I was like, I need to talk about this. And then I deleted them all. I didn't post any of them at all. Yeah. Because honestly, I'm like, who am I? Like, really? Yeah. I was 540 pounds. I was killing myself with food. I didn't care. I would smile at my family and tell them everything was okay. So who am I to judge someone else for what they're doing? But then I got hit by this overwhelming sadness for that kid. And all I thought about was everything like you and I have been talking about. What it's like to grow up being that big. What it's like to deal with relationships and friendships and sports and getting active in school. And the things at that size at that age. Like he is the size at that age that we were in our 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's, he's missing cut, out. Yeah, he's going to be he's, missing out. On what is he going to miss out on? Is he going to keep getting bigger? Like what? Like I just honestly, I'm like, what am I? Am I going to see him in a cart the next time I see him there at Walmart? Like what's going to happen? Yeah. And I just wish, and I know, and I know there are parents listening to us talk about this, probably frustrated at us because we're not parents talking about it from that perspective. Yeah. And saying, you know, I have a like I've talked to parents who are like, I don't know what to do about my child's weight. So I, th- I think there's a lot of unanswered questions, but I think 
like you said, I think just trying to make sure that we're still caring and we're still responding as much as we can. And, and what I would say to you is like knowing that you don't need to have all the answers, but just letting that person know that you're listening is always important, that you hear what they're saying and that you, you know, you're telling them, I understand that it's frustrating and I know you wish that your parents would change what they're doing. Have you, you know, is there anyone else you can talk to? Is there anyone else in your family? Is there a teacher? Like just trying to think about like, Reflect back, let them know they're being heard. Because most times when people have a problem, that's what they want. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a really, that's a really, that's a really hard thing. Um, I don't want, I don't want us to get too dour, you know, yeah. and, and, and stay, stay in sad land for too long. So I do want to talk about, you know, life now. Cause you have lost, you at your lowest weight, I believe, did you get, was 215 the lowest you saw? 213. <laughs> 213. Uh, who, I see. Who's, who's counting? Who's counting? Well, let, Oh, come on. Let's be realistic. We love that. We, we, we know the numbers and we want the numbers known. Like that's so 213. That's awesome. Uh, you're not 213 now because you're kind of more in a, a muscle building focus. You're, yeah, you're not much heavier than that though. You're, you're what 220 today? Yeah, 220. 220. Um, so, so clearly you've, you've lost over 260 pounds. You've changed your life. You're less than half the person you used to be. But one of the things you and I talk about when we talk about, you know, the fact that we'll always, as much as we're not, our bodies may not be fat guys anymore. We're always going to be fat guys because we're always hungry. Absolutely. I, I, and, and that's something, it's funny because a couple of us have started using that hashtag, you know, inspired by you. You know, that's why when I go to the gym in the morning, I take a picture <laughs> and I put it up. I say always hungry. Joel does it. I know my friend Brandon does it. You know, several people are doing it now. It's the um, movement. It is the movement. It's the always hungry movement. And I, I, I'll be honest with you that when I first started doing it, I had some people send me messages about tweaking my diet. You know, oh, there's, there's, there's different macro ratios you can investigate that'll help with hunger issues. Uh, and I'm like, it's a metaphor. Yeah. You're you, missing it. Are you, are you missing the metaphor? So can you explain from the horse's mouth, um, what it means to be always hungry? All right, so I kind of just came up with the idea because I was a uh, avid buffet connoisseur. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, we when me and my brother and I wouldn't say the family because the family they were a little too classy, but when when me and my brother used to go to the buffets, all right, they would look left, they would look right, and they would just like, oh, okay, here they come. All right, prepare ourselves. So we. Mm. Just we would shut down Chinese buffets left and right. Oh, yeah. So so you just have to go from a different mental aspect from being, you know, physically always having the hunger. Like, oh, I need another cheesesteak or I need another burger or taco. And just putting that mentality into your hunger for uh, not necessarily gains, but you're just always hunger, always hungry to push yourself like, okay. You know, I woke up. I'm I'm ready. I'm gonna go to the gym. I'm gonna go crush this. Maybe you can't bench, you know, 150 pounds. Maybe you can't do a push up yet. But guess what? I got that. I got that hunger. I got that motivation. Like I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna put forth my best effort, and that's it. That's all I can do. So I'm just gonna go through every day with a new hunger to attack something else. Like as you know, um, I wanted to get monkey bars down. Practice, 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 yep. practice. Got those down. Um, pull ups was my next thing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Whoop de doo! I got a single pull up, so you know that's that's phenomenal because at that is pounds, phenomenal. At four hundred eighty pounds, I couldn't even pull myself out of bed. Um, mm-hmm. But just always having that hunger for something more, like okay, I am out of breath, going to walk to get the mail. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the gym, but I I kind of just use that as. Okay, take a picture of the gym. Take a picture of you in the gym working out. Tag me, always hungry. Yeah, that just shows that you're you got that same mentality that you always want more. You always want better. You're always pushing yourself. And and I think that that's epic, man. Because that is really from the outside perspective. I think that the, the force that carries you, that you exude, and and you role model for the rest of us, is you show us that. You can't be satisfied because when you get satisfied, you get complacent. Yeah. And and by staying hungry, by staying always hungry, there's always going to be something else you're reaching for. And and finally, for us, it's not another bag of Oreos or another 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 jar of nut butter. Um, but it's reaching for new goals and and, and reaching for new new challenges in our lives. And I, I think that's like as much as like you, you you take a little a little heat from people every so often because you eat the same thing every day all yeah. day um one of the things i love though is because you know you get questions about what you eat that i usually see you with it written down on a piece of cardboard and you just hold it up yeah and, it, so. and it's here <laughs> yeah I've, you've done that a couple times i missed that like uh, i thought that was hilarious like your your meal plan is is basic enough and it works for you but listening to you talk i also see that what you eat, what you eat, has evolved. How you work out evolves because yeah. you keep you keep those goals going for yourself, and you keep finding new challenges, and you keep staying hungry with it, and you don't let it become something. Because I think if you if you do the same thing over and over and don't and and you're happy with it, that's great. Mm-hmm. But if you do the same thing over and over again because you think you have to, and you don't find any motivation in it, and you don't enjoy what you're eating, you don't enjoy what you're doing with your body. That's when it starts to become okay to not do it and to take days off and to start yeah. get lazy again and let those old habits like that's something else. Like for those, for the viewers at home to go behind the curtain a little bit. Um, Alex and I do like to joke about the fact that we're going to meet up halfway in between Florida and Rhode Island and, <laughs> and just, and just, just tear into some food again. Um, you know, bring back, bring back the old days, but I, I know on our lives that neither one of us would ever actually do that. Um, I, I think the changes that you, you've made in your life, you know, prove that you're dedicated, you know, to this new I- adventure that you're on. Um, I, I do want to talk about something that is, it's funny because for me to bring it up, it gets a little silly, but I think there are people at home that are, that are worried about a certain problem that happens when you lose a massive amount of weight. <laughs> I have a lot of, I have a lot of people listening that, are in that 400, 500 heavier range and they want to lose that 250, 300 pounds. And we know that that leads to loose skin. Mm. And the thing I think is incredible because I know for me, um, when I was at my heaviest and bigger, I was, I was like you in a lot of ways. I clearly from, you've seen my before pictures. I've yeah. got a ton of them. I had no shame. I had no shame putting it all on display. You know, I was reinforcing myself and, and, you know, using it to kind of keep, you know, everything's that everything's okay thing going for me. As I lose weight, I become less confident in my body. 
Yeah. I, I think one of the things like as, as much as I'm sure you have your days where you have confidence challenges, you know, you're always willing to show people the, what your body is like now, what the skin looks like. Uh, you're known for your, in your stories for doing some, some small music videos with your <laughs> loose skin. Oh yeah. Can, can you talk about what your loose, well, what, what, what it's like, what your body is like now and what the loose skin means to you? So, I mean, thankfully I, um, from a, from a very early start into the journey, I always incorporated, uh, weights, lifting weights mm-hmm. into, um, exercising. Oh yeah. There's, there's no shame to it. Um, we all know a certain person who, uh, posted a couple, you know, stories about a 600 calorie diet, which I'm going to try out because, you know, I'm really interested. Um, right, right. Yeah. So you could have, um, you know, there's no body shame. Your body's your body and you, you know, you know what you're going to do to put in work, but with putting weights into waiting, lifting weights into it so early, I do have a lot of loose skin, but luckily I've put on some muscle to fill the gaps and I get, uh, I've got a, a couple times people ask me if I, if I touch up my pictures, like, Oh, how do you, how do you have abs? But you have extra loose skin. I'm like, everybody, I mean, if you think about it, I think scientifically everybody has abs. They're just mm-hmm. underneath. Um, right. Just the way my, my skin flippity flops around and it doesn't really for say bother me. Um, right. For CrossFit, I wear compression leggings and sometimes with some of the movements, you have to tuck that big boy in or, you know, you're going to get flapjacks going all around. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you're doing cardio, it sounds like you're beating a drum, but you know, that's just kind of one thing that I'm known for is just, uh, I've always been not known for the loose skin, but just known for this is my body. You don't like it. Um, well, don't, don't double tap the picture. Just keep it moving. Mm. Or unfollow. It is what it is. Um, I'm not saying that like I'm a big body positivity or body shaming person. This is just, this is me. I mm-hmm. keep it, I keep it transparent. Um, I live just the regular average Joe life. Um, you know, and I just put it on display. So yeah, sometimes I have fun and do a little slow motion videos. And, uh, but you just, you have to come to accepting the fact, like you were a rather large human being. You Mm -hmm. lost half your body weight. You're going to have loose skin. And I think where you were leading into this is we were going to talk about, um, I've got, I'm sure you've got, whenever you drop a, ask me a question and you're a guy, you lost a lot of weight. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about mm-hmm. the, let's talk about the male FUPA. Oh yeah. Okay. So generally speaking, literally every time I put a, ask me a question, um, you know, the question comes up, does it get bigger? And you know, I, I, I bounce around it a little bit just to make sure we're on the same subject. And uh, I was like, what well, does what get bigger? And then, you know, the good old eggplant emoji comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless unless you were reasonably endowed with an eggplant, your banana is still going to look like a banana. But um, continue your use of colorful metaphors. <laughs> yeah. Or OK, or we could say yeah. shrimp. Um, yeah. if we're talking emojis. But so you're going to have loose skin. Your body is going to change everywhere. So you're, um, 
male organ doesn't get bigger, but readily that fat fupa, you know, you're losing the meat, the fat, the girth, the, the, you know, I don't even know how to say it, but you're losing that. So more of it is exposed. There is more available for, you know, fun times. Um, it, it's like low tide at the ocean. The water recedes. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying. I'm mm-hmm. trying to, exactly. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. So right. <laughs> when I was trying to have this conversation at work, somebody uh, he grabbed a post-it note and he grabbed a pen and he put the pen through the post-it note. He's like, "All right, this is Alex at 480 pounds." And then he pushed the pen through the post-it note. He's like, "The pa- the post-it note is his stomach." As the stomach goes back, all right, there you go. I'm like, wow, that was actually really. So if you're sitting at, if you're sitting at home, simple way to grab, break it down, yeah. Grab a post-it note, grab a pen, and do that. So that's one thing I get a lot of questions about. So sorry, guys, the myth that you lose. I think there was like a myth like you lose ten pounds, you gain an inch. Yeah, I. I, I had. <laughs> we're in the wrong industry. If that was true, I w- I was okay. literally like I I had someone literally that was a DM I got the other day. I heard that you gain an inch for every ten pounds you lose. I said, "Well, I'm I'm about I'm almost <laughs> I'm almost down three twenty. Let me just tell you, <laughs> there is not there's not three extra feet hanging out my pants. Okay, right. <laughs> not not happening. I'm sorry. I don't mean. And I literally was like, I don't I don't mean to burst your bubble, but that but is not let, going to happen. Yeah, don't. Let it's that gonna be get your driving force. Yeah, it's gonna get better. It gets better." And like you're gonna be, be you able know, to see it. You're gonna be able to right. Look down you're gonna and see it. You're you're gonna get to re- get reintroduced to your friend, exactly. but it doesn't mean that while you were apart, your friend also went to the gym. You know, your friend is pretty much in the same shape he was in before. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So you know, your body changes. You're losing a lot of weight. Um, oh yeah. I, I I went from a size, and this is what uh, such painful to me because. I was a sneakerhead. Like if you go right, all the way back, right. if you go all the way back on my page, this was a personal page. It was never meant to be a weight loss page. So I right. have in my closet, I have like five thousand dollars worth of basketball shoes, mm-hmm. and I, I was wearing a thirteen. Um, your foot, just like the rest of your body, shrinks. Oh um, yeah, not necessarily lengthwise, but you know, and I know. Your foot looked like a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man's foot. Mm-hmm. Um, so these basketball sneakers, they weren't New Balances. They didn't come in a extra wide. It was just okay. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, you really want those? Okay, well you're gonna need to go up two or three sizes. And yep. I didn't think of it like that. It's like I just thought my foot was a thirteen. But once you lose weight, right. it's like, did, did my foot get shorter? Oh no, just. Look at my toes. My toes look a little different now. Okay. And it's something that slowly happens. Like, obviously, with, with clothing, um, you don't really notice because you're not, you know, you're dropping, you're dropping sizes, depending on how fast your, your weight loss journey is going. You're dropping sizes, dropping sizes, but with your shoes, it's like, wait a second. What the hell's going on here? But it mm. happens. Everything on your body's changing. You, your cheeks, everything. So, so what size shoe you wear now? Uh, unfortunately, I went from a thirteen to an eleven. Um, mm. So, I have no use for those beautiful sneakers. Oh well, you know, I'd, I'd rather rather 
be where I am now to be 480. So, you know, you take your wins and you take your losses. And that's, that's, you know, I, I, I think on shoes and the FUPA is, is a great spot for us to start to wrap up our talk. Um, okay. I, I've kept you, I've kept you for an over an hour now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think we got into some really great stuff. Uh, I want everyone out there, if you're not following Alex already, go to Poro92. That is the best place to find you, right? On Instagram, Poro92. Yeah. Yes, sir. You want to follow his page if you need inspiration, if you need, and, and I'm not saying inspiration. He's not posting quotes with nice black and white pictures in the background or anything along those lines. But if you want to see someone doing the same thing every day and then start to <laughs> feel bad about and feel bad about yourself because your lazy butt isn't, he is the account to follow. If you think that it's too hard to follow the diet that you're on and you can't be consistent, he is the guy to follow because you're going to see that all things are possible when you're always hungry. I think that is really, you know, what people need to realize when they're watching you. And you get uh, you. And like we were saying, you don't just get the workouts and the food when you're following him. You're going to get some music videos. You're going to get some music videos. You're going to get exposed. If you are, have not yet been exposed to Imagine Uh, Dragons, you're going to learn more about them than you've ever thought you'd know. You know, maybe not about the band themselves, but at least about a certain clip of one of their songs. You're going to know it. You're going to be able to sing it. And then it's going to, you're going to realize that it's a contagious song and you're going to download it yourself onto your phone to keep it around. Trust me on that one. Trust me on that one. That's it's the jam. <laughs> Alex, if if what what did what happened what didn't we get to talk about? What do you want to say to people that you haven't got a chance to say or or do you want to have be your your kind of parting words? I want I want to turn it over to you. Um no, I think we touched on a lot of stuff. Um the one thing that I just want to say again and is just when you're in this journey, just know no matter how dark you think it is, um, you're not alone. So you could find guys, like I said, you know, there's all, there's so many big pages that you obviously look up to. Um, and that's how I got started finding these big pages, but don't feel like you're alone. Reach out to me, reach out to Gormy. Look at some of these other people that he's interviewed. We're all just regular Joe Schmoes. We all, I mean, not necessarily working nine to five. Some of us have different jobs, but just know that you're not alone. We've been there. We've done that. We, oh, that struggle. Yeah. Did that too. Um, so just know that your story can be so relatable and your failures and your successes. We did it too. So just know that we're one DM away. Um, give us all a follow and just reach out and don't give up and stay hungry. Definitely, man. I, I think that's a great, a great way to wrap it up because in the middle of it all, in the middle of all the work you're going to do yourself, there are people you can connect with who are going to be able to help. And it doesn't mean we're going to tell you what to do. And it doesn't mean we're going to really give you answers. But like you're saying, someone can, someone to listen is, is always, always, always useful. So I really appreciate your time tonight, my friend, and for you coming on here. I appreciate you as a person. Um, I hope you all will go check out his page, Poro92 on Instagram. Um, again, my name is Gormy. This is the Fat Guy Forum where we talk to different guys who have been fat guys, who are fat guys, and have stories to tell for you to learn a little bit about them and see a little bit of yourself in it as well. 
If you want to talk to me, you can reach me at Gourmet underscore goes keto, goes underscore keto. So there's two underscores in there. Gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on Instagram. At Gourmet goes keto, no underscores on Twitter. Or you can email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us on Google Play or on Spotify or on iTunes, Apple, I'd really appreciate it if you give the show a rating. Give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. And hey, if you've got a topic you'd like to hear us talk about another time, you want to see Alex come back and share something else, maybe he can dive into to cross it a little bit more for us. Or maybe not. You never know. <laughs> we also have we also have some mutual friends we have to get on here together at the same time eventually. We need to get we need to get everyone on here together. So they're listening, I'm sure. We'll 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 make that happen. So everyone, with that, this is the end of this week's Fat Guy Forum. Have yourselves a great day. Remember, like I always say, do something today to amaze yourself because you're amazing people, and, and I truly believe that. Thank you all. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.